0: On today's episode of the Meeting Lot Junkers, lots of action to get to, not a lot of time. The NCAA tournament bracket is out. We will dive into all of the necessities, all the upsets, Cinderella's, who's going to make the runs, and who's going, who is going to go home early. We'll get into all that. MLB news, the Yankees have an issue with their ace. The Indians have a decision to make in the outfield, and they potentially... Potentially is the key word sign a veteran to the outfield gasp no way and then also the most talked about quite honestly topic this past week the signing of Odell Cornelius Beckham jr. To the Browns we'll get into all that next no traditional intro we're going straight into it this time Music can only mean one thing. If you've ever followed a college football game, particularly played in Baton Rouge, you know LSU will play a song based off a rendition of an old oldie song. Everybody knows it is neck. Oh, I'm sorry. Today's date is Monday, March 18th, 2019. And I'm dead. Ooh. That's probably because... The Browns traded for Odell Cornelius Beckham Jr.
1: Let's go.
0: Game changer. Bundy, I don't hear you over there. How's it going? How's it feel to know we have a better number one receiver than you do now? No, you don't. <laughs> yes, we
2: do. No, you don't. By all matches, except catches. Better better wide receiver. No shot. <laughs> I would take Michael Thomas over OBJ every day of the week. And, Firmly twice, on su- disagree, and twice on Sunday. That's okay. Firmly disagree, but that's okay. All
0: right, guys. So we obviously had to talk about this. If you ever want to cover something significant, it starts right here with this story. So the Browns acquire Odell Beckham Jr. And I guess technically it's all tied together with Olivier Vernon. So it's all one big trade. So uh, the Browns officially ship, ship off. A first-round pick, the number 17th overall pick in 2019. A third-round pick, I believe, is 95th? Could be wrong. So the first-round, third-round, Kevin Zeitler and safety, everybody loved, Jabril Peppers. RIP, honestly, what he did going from year one to year two was quite honestly magical in my opinion.
1: I mean, it always helps, too, when you actually are playing in the field of play as opposed oh. to 35 yards off. I'm not blaming that on him at all. Sure. I'm just saying your stats are bound to increase when you're actually near the action and not in the Lake Erie.
0: Sure. No, that's that's definitely fair. And it, we'd be remiss to not mention that he made great strides going into his second year. We appreciate everything he's did, but I also love my star-studded receiver at the same time. So I can't be too mad. No, not at all. But— just the shift in attention to the Browns in terms of relevancy, not even just in their co- their division, not even just in their conference, but in the grand scheme of the NFL, they're getting attention at the very top. This is unprecedented, guys. Like, we just two years ago, we were sitting on our couches crying <laughs> as Corey Coleman let a ball go right through his hands. And irony enough, he's now playing for the New York Giants, I might add, <laughs> on a first-round tender, which is even worse. But this is, I, I, I'm almost, when it, the news broke, I was working and I, I couldn't even speak. Somebody asked for my initial opinion and I said, I need at least 15 to 20 minutes to just think about this because I never thought this was possible. No one did. It was a dream shot for everybody involved. There's no way they would make this work. There's no way he'd want to come. Well, that's not true. Not only does he have Jarvis Landry, his not only just college teammate, but high school teammate, one of his best friends, he also has receiver coach from LSU, Adam Henry. Like, this is a perfect scenario for him to thrive, to thrive. If he can just put it all together in the city, it's perfect for what they're trying to put together.
1: You know, I I was the same way. When I saw the news breaking on Twitter, I was – very much in shock. As the first two, I had to go through multiple multiple pages to make sure. Oh, is this really happening? And then also too, this was happening late Tuesday night, so the NFL uh, free agency and every the official new league year didn't start until Wednesday at 4 p.m. So then it was like I was still somewhat in denial about that because having dealt with the Browns over the course of my lifetime, it would be just our luck that something like this would fall through in the right before the new league year kicks off. So once I saw that the Browns official Twitter tweeted out that it's official, we have OBJ at 4.02 p.m. on Wednesday, I couldn't stop smiling that entire day.
0: OBJ just coined the term, the the hashtag, "Dogs Gotta Eat. He's not even been around the team yet. I already love him. I love him. I just want to... Like my friend Bo Bishop says, grab him and hug him. He's yours. He is yours now. Like, this is what your team is now. I am nervous for all the teams that have to play us that they can't play single courage. How are you going to do that with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham? Two of the most highly rated guys in terms of separation from the line of scrimmage in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's scary.
1: And then Baker Baker's accuracy off of um it was very it, it was the highest I'm trying to think of the exact stat that I saw but over the second half of the year when a receiver created x amount yards of coverage uh then he was number 4 out of the entire league.
0: I believe you're right and also because the note that was said was also Eli Manning was like close to dead last. Right. Something like that. Um I also it's funny. To go back on what you're talking about. It's hard to believe, even up until that new league year started on the Wednesday. Even in Mike Garofalo, who broke the news, his tweet when he broke the trade news, he says, "I'm not even joking." <laughs> like people, even the professionals couldn't even believe it. But Bundy, I want to bring you in now. What was your initial reaction? As an unbiased person, because I know you love your receiver there in New Orleans, and whatever, we're not gonna get into that. What is your unbiased opinion of what you saw with what this team makeup is bringing in a guy like Odell Beckham Jr.?
2: It's gonna be. I mean, first of all, you gotta play defense still. Oh, so You absolutely. gotta play defense. Yeah. Look at the Kansas City but Chiefs. Now, but now, listen here. You gotta, you gotta get two receivers, two legitimate running backs, a tight end. Can you protect Baker's? A question mark. Do you have a good offensive line? That's a question mark. But you're well on your way to making a run at, it, run at it. You could, you might, finish second in the division this year.
0: Whoa! What? That's being considered a very unpopular opinion, even from outside circles. So Maybe. you're already.
1: What are you talking about?
0: Oh, you think you're gonna win it? Yes. I mean, I mean even Vegas odds. And it's not even particularly close. That's the funny thing about it. And I'm trying—honestly, I know I'm in a love fest for the Browns. I know this is a Cleveland-centric podcast, but I'm trying to be unbiased here and say. Got to play
2: defense. Got to play defense.
0: Trust me, totally aware of that. That's the question mark right now. it's not just the Browns additions. It's it's also been the subtractions of teams like Baltimore and the Steelers. What they've lost. Baltimore's got a good ball club. They don't have anybody on defense. They lost their entire defense. Oh, here we go. Let's listen to him.
1: Were you not paying attention last week when all these trades were going on? Free agent signing. C.J. Mosley.
0: Terrell Suggs, right, Darius Smith. They they don't have a pass rush anymore. They have secondary help, but they're not going to be able to get after a quarterback <laughs> unless they draft one. Guy if, named and Oliver maybe. Oliver. So when you're, they're drafting. There's no way he's making it there.
1: So are you saying? Because you said Browns will finish second. So are you saying that who who do you have at first then? The Steelers or the Ravens?
2: have to watch the tape.
1: No, that, no, that didn't no, no, the no, 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 no,
0: no, no, You can't do that. You can't come out and proclaim something like that. <laughs> but you know it's controversial, which is what you love to do, but you don't back it up. Who are you picking? Please.
2: We would love Steelers to discuss number one. Browns number two. Now, what makes you feel that way? No more toxicity in the locker room. No more toxic atmosphere. You lost two of the best players, not just in the division, but in the league. I understand you might oh, have hey, had... A, hey, Connor's a great running back. He is. You're right. And now he... Might be better than... Might, might be better than Le'Veon Bell. Remember
0: when... Whoa. We, remember a couple episodes ago when we called Antonio Brown a cancer to the locker room and he was so outraged by that. <laughs> and now here he is saying the distractions
2: and the personalities are hey, gone. Distractions, yes, but not cancer. Distractions. What? That's what a cancer is—is is a distraction no, to no, the no. team. No, cancer is a killer to the team, not a distraction. There's a difference. That distraction killed the team last year. Distracted the team from greatness. Didn't kill the oh, team. Oh my! They didn't make the playoffs. Hey, yeah, well, for for
1: their standards, time. them not to make the playoffs—that was they could have gone. Well, I won't go as far as to say they could have gone 0-16, but that's about as bad as it gets for Pittsburgh over the last decade. All right,
2: well Brown's finished number two overall probably have a great year unless you can draft a defense How did the Saints finish? I'm just curious about this first
1: oh okay <laughs> of course super Bowl champs too
2: uh habeas Murray signing was kind of questionable, but' he we'll how it turns out not, I mean yes and no
0: i don't I don't think they were very interested in bringing back Mark ingram yeah but although, there are although other the, guys out the there. number on him was not as high as I thought it could have been.
2: Yeah, but there's a guy out there that we could have drafted instead and had a little better luck with. You're gonna say Benny Snell, but yeah.
0: nobody wants a guy that's gonna run seven or four seven six. I'm sorry,
2: hey, they're that not that interested matter. in that it. Doesn't matter. Guys are bowling ball. And ball when does guys, that... guys are that bowling ball, ball durable, last their own best and run a four four. Oh my gosh, that was ten years hey. ago. This is a new NFL. No, it's not. They still run between tackles. What do you cycles. mean? Yeah, still on the ball, don't you? I mean, do you expect what? That's sack up, run between the tackles. He's so true. slow, you might as well move on the fullback. So is Bettis, and he's so effective.
0: Bettis was effective in twenty or two thousand six. That was thirteen years ago. Yeah, you
2: know, people could hit, the, people could hit, the, could hit back then. They were real tackling. I, 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 I honestly, I feel like I'm
1: lost <laughs> trying to argue with them because it doesn't make any sense. You can't fight stupidity. I,
2: I don't stupid.
1: I guarantee
2: you Benny Snell will be a great running back in the NFL. What's your definition of Def- Yeah, oh, define great. We're- Here's how we'll finish up
0: this this topic. First off, I think we all can say this is a huge move for the Browns, and it improves the team going forward, and it elevates their expectations from maybe like a 9-7, and 10-6 wildcard team to a team that's favored to win the division and can get up north to 11 to 13 wins in that range. Now to finish off our topic, what is your definition of good for Benny Snell?
2: Benny Snell will be in the league for roughly 9 to 12 years. I mean, Darren Sproles is still in it. Well, define define still in the league. And for at least six years, rush for over 1,200 yards. Oh, my
0: God. Hold on. I want to get this correct because your math is not adding up. You said how many years you expect him to be in the league? Uh, 9 to 12. 9 to 12. And you expect him to average over 1,000 yards a year? For six. For six of the years. But you said 12,000 yards.
2: No. For six of the years, he'll average 1,200
0: yards. 1,200. Y- 1, oh, 1,200 yards. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense, but even then, I mean, that's putting you up in up in the top 10 of running backs year in and year out. I'm out on that. That hot take is done. <laughs> I'm out. No way. Watch it happen. I will take... Give me five other running backs in this draft. I'll take them, and they'll do all do better than Benny Snell in that time period that you're talking about. That's my hot take No shot. Give me both the Alabama running backs, Harris and Jacobs, uh, Darnell Henderson from Memphis. Historically, bad running backs
2: have not been one in the NFL.
0: I mean, you just had one for how long? (laughs) He did pretty well. (laughs) I mean,
2: but that's like an anomaly.
0: Okay, how many just off the top of your head, finish this up real quick. I'm I'm serious. How many Bama running backs can you name outside of the guys as of recent, Richardson, Ingram,
2: all those guys in this That's modern era? That's the problem. We all knew him in college. So what's a the small NFL.
0: sample size?
2: I mean wrap it up. Okay. You <laughs> me off already. <laughs> My tooth hurts. I'm already pissed. You need to see a dentist? I've worked out. i out tomorrow morning. A dentist oh, in the basement? No, I've I have root now at an actual person's house.
0: Coming up next, the bracket is out. The NCAA tournament is set. All the Cinderella's, the upsets. Our final four, maybe? Well, Bundy has some, uh, some interesting choices. We'll get into all of that next. It is March, which only can mean... We already know the outcomes of where our teams are playing this postseason. Guys, I, I just want to get a quick update. Where are your teams playing? I know as of this recording, you don't know where, but that kind of gives it away. Where are your teams playing this off, this
1: postseason? TBD.
0: TBD. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Expecting the NIT, but at this point, after watching them play on Friday, i about to throw in the towel on this season. I'm, I'm tired of seeing Dayton. I mean. <laughs> what about you, Bundy? Got any words for about your Creighton Blue Jays? Uh, this is not S A I T. This is not going to be an enjoyable march for me. The only the only upside to this weekend was the Hotshots pulling on a. <laughs> Big major upset over the Orlando Apollos, so I got that going for me. Better than that, um.
0: Here's the thing: I don't even think you're gonna get a home game. I think you're gonna be getting like a five seed or something like that, middle of the pack. That's uh. Well,
1: I mean, I don't even know when the when the NIT starts, but I mean, uh, yeah. I
0: believe it still starts like the same time period as the NCAA tournament, like Thursday, Thursday or Friday. Okay. Well, like I mean, that.
1: regardless, that's gonna be a quick turnover for U D Arena hosting first four on Tuesday and Wednesday, so. They may not have been able to host it. Oh, I mean, they could always throw it in for Eric's. That's also another way to think about it. I never thought of it like that.
0: But unfortunately for you guys, we're not talking about the NIT. That's not what anybody wants to hear about. They want to hear about the quick reactions. And I mean, this is literally quick. About an hour and a half ago, before our recording of this podcast, we had the dropping of the bracket. And first off, we'll kind of dive into different segments of how to diagnose this bracket. But first off, what what was your initial reactions? And it can be a wide range of things. What were your initial reactions when you saw this bracket? And for you, Zach, it's been, what, five minutes?
1: Yeah, yeah, long day at work. Um, I mean, I, I'm i intrigued by Michigan State. I honestly felt like they were, they were, I mean, winning the Big Ten tournament, I felt like they would have put up a better fight and argument to potentially have a one seed uh, with them having the, because Duke's number one overall, correct? Yes, that's right. So then, that makes Michigan State the worst two seed then since they're in the same region? By
0: definition, yes, which is very controversial to a lot of people that have been following this along. I know in real time a lot of people were like, you know, this is the reward the Big Ten champion gets is the worst two seed in the best (laughs) in Duke's bracket. Like, I I don't understand it. Not only that, you have, by my count, you have three Big Ten teams in there. You have yeah. three Big Ten teams, and this is unprecedented. You gonna you could possibly see a Big Ten team in that second round game, right? Like that's, yeah. What the turn, the, like the committee, their initiative is to try to separate conferences at least in those first two games until you get to the Sweet 16. But it looks like the tournament committee just said, you know, f it, and went right right ahead and just stacked this Big Ten wise.
1: Yeah, I mean, also, too, you're also, I know it's obviously the lesser conference, but you got both of the Atlantic 10 teams in the same uh, grouping of eight. So, I mean, there could be, if the A-10 goes crazy, we could see an Atlantic 10 Elite Eight.
0: I guess we can start by going, since we're starting off in the East, we might as well just stay there and go around the uh, circle here. Uh, In terms of the East, I didn't really see a whole lot of upset potential See, outside of this this, well, will depends on who wins the play with Belmont and Tem- Temple, because I think they could get Maryland. Maryland's notorious for blowing games early in the, the tournament. Uh, another one is Yale. Yale over LSU that's going to be down, possibly Will Wade, and then just the cloud that's hovering over the that high leveled freshman, Smart. Uh, it obviously carried over into the SEC tournament when Auburn took them down. This is a classic scenario where Yale... Last time they were in a the tournament, they took down Baylor, and I believe it was a 5 12 matchup. But I mean, this is a perfect upset pick if you're looking for that in your bracket.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have it's a complete wild card as to whether or not LSU will actually show up for this game, considering all the uh, everything that's going on surrounding their program and Will Wade. But no, I Yale, I'm definitely looking hard into them as uh, one of my I know it'll probably be a more popular upset pick, but I'm definitely looking into them.
0: What I'll finish up saying about this side of the bracket is I believe the East is one of those where it's it's just a collision course from Michigan State and Duke. I mean, what happens in between there really isn't that notable. I think those two teams are just inevitably going to meet themselves in that Elite Eight matchup. Bondi, let's finally hear from you. What are you thinking from this East side of the bracket?
2: Duke's walking to the Final Four. You got a St. St. Louis team that might show some some love to the... uh, to the bracket. Otherwise, though, it's a pretty easy bracket. You got Belmont going to win that game against Temple and Maryland. You got LSU that's going to come out over Yale. Barely, though. You got Louisville is going to beat Minnesota. State will beat Louisville. It'll be a state
0: Duke matchup, probably. Now, are you nervous about Virginia Tech? They just took down Duke, what, a week or so
2: ago? No, St. Louis, we beat him. I can't make it. Easy Tiger.
0: I think it's. Popular to go with the hot team, especially in tournament, like conference tournament play. But in this scenario, I I don't really
2: see. Watch the UCF game versus Duke. There's it's just close.
0: I feel like Virginia Tech's gonna try to make them run up and down the court. They only have seven guys on scholarship right now that are able to play, and I mean they they only go seven deep. So if you can get these guys out and running, I think that upset bid would kind of go by the, by the side.
1: I mean the key to beating St. Louis is you just have to out rebound them. Sure, that, that's something that Dayton failed to do on Friday night. That's why they're Just playing in the
2: NIT. Watch out for UCF and Duke. It could be an interesting, interesting matchup.
0: I I think this could be one of those brackets where you get the, uh, you get the 11 and the 14 meeting in that second round. There's a there's a good possibility. I, I like this Belmont team and I also like the Yale team. I think it's very possible. This is this bracket and then another one we'll touch on later is where I feel like that's very possible. You could get these big seeded teams meeting in that second round. We'll move over to the South region. You have Virginia as your one seed, Tennessee as your two, Cincinnati as your seven, and I want to point that out directly. This Cincinnati team is going to be playing at least the first two rounds in Columbus, and that is important because if Cincinnati can win that opening game in the 7-10 matchup versus Iowa, they would face the winner of Colgate and Tennessee, most likely the Vols, obviously, in Columbus, and that's a what's-going-to-give type of game. That's a Tennessee team that's notoriously fallen apart early in tournaments, have choked at several points where it was looking like they were going to control their side of the bracket. And then you also have a Cincinnati team that, for some reason, can't win more than one game in a the tournament. They blew a 22-point lead to Nevada last year in the second round.
2: That's a good ball club last year. That's a good ball club. See, I'm not. Yeah, really- but that's a
0: 22-point <clears throat> lead with like six minutes left. Like Stuff I, they, like that. They pull man. out and hit six
2: threes in a row. You can't beat that. What are you going to do? Teams get hot.
0: That's a. Uh, that's also. I I saw a lot of bracketologists having Ohio State possibly against Nevada. Obviously, we know that's not happening now. But that scared me because thinking about, I think they got four starters that are over six foot seven. You get the Martin twins,
2: and then you have Jordan Caroline. Yeah, they go 6'7", seven, seven. That's a scary team. Six seven, six eight, six nine,
0: six seven. Uh, in terms of upset possibility, in this side of the bracket, I think it's safe to say, most of America after if you watched any of that Pac-12 tournament. They're gonna be pretty high on Oregon, especially against a Wisconsin team that nobody likes because they're so boring in how they play. Yeah, but they get the
2: job done. Do they though? And they they come out with ball games, but anyway, no no one cares about Oregon. They're Dana Almonds gonna have them running, rolling. They'll probably make it to the Sweet 16, just walking there basically because Kansas State, they'll put up a fight, but we'll see what happens. The big question though in this bracket, don't count out those ant eaters now. The big question, in this bracket comes out to. Uh, Cincinnati playing a home game, basically, in Columbus. Tennessee probably gonna take an L there. I I kind of agree there. If
0: I'm yeah. going, I'm sending Tennessee to my Elite Eight. And yeah. then here's my interesting thing, because I, I not only is Oregon hot, I mean, it's not just some type of hot streak. They look really, really well-rounded. That Peyton Pritchard, that, that point guard, is the real deal. If they can get matched up with this Virginia team, and that sweet 16, that's going to be an interesting game.
2: Yeah. they had, You know what, they had to get after they lost ball-ball They kind of fumble the ball for a little bit. They lost, how to kind of play now without him. And they found their stride again in the past eight games, really. Um, They'll be a good ball club to watch for sure. Virginia has to redeem themselves. They cannot be an embarrassment like they were last year. when They got absolutely embarrassed by UMBC. Um, so we'll see if they can, and they kind of got a, got kind of a layup there with Gardner Webb and then Ole Miss and Oklahoma. Yeah. That's a pretty weak eight, nine, if we're being fair, uh, cause I got embarrassed last year. So I kind of realized they <laughs> feel sorry for them. So let's get them. But here's throw, the thing. let them a bone a little bit. <laughs> well, here. We're,
0: what we're covering right now, these, the, the East and the South, their eight, nine matchups are pretty bad. Let's be honest. But when we get into this West and Midwest region, it's going to start getting real with that matchup. Uh, Anything else we need to talk about in the South? Is there anything else that's pointing out to you other than, I, I honestly, Kansas State's the type of team, they're either going to go to the lead eight or they're going to lose early. I don't see them losing to Irvine, but I'm taking Oregon, obviously, like I said earlier. I just got to ride the hot hand.
2: That's respectable. Watch out for Purdue coming <clears throat> out of that
0: bracket, too. But see, I every time I send Purdue on, they just they fall apart. Arkansas Little Rock. Watch, name, out, for watch, out, watch out for them, though. They got to be team. They, they have guard for. play. They have guard play that's huge with Carson Edwards. Anything's possible. And then you also have Harms inside. Very underrated for a big man, seven foot three, I believe. They have the pieces to make that type of run. It's underrated. He's a good big man. He's Harms. <laughs> are, in terms of big men, are you hearing Matt Harms's name across the nation very often?
2: I mean, I do, but I'm a nerd, so that's different.
0: I. He was big I, last year. I don't
2: agree with that at there all. Because there were two of them. There, there was him and there's another kid too that was, who broke their foot.
0: Uh. Hap or not hap. Um.
2: They had two big men. One was Harm's? I, the other one. Was I other know. One. I know who you're talking about. It's just so that's why she- you know about Harm's because he was there last year because he had to play most of the time. But he's not like an ESPN big name. I mean, no, not... but I mean, I you know if you watch basketball, you know who he is. Sure, but I, wouldn't you count that
0: as underrated then? I mean, he's not getting the national attention. Yeah, that's fine. I, I just besides the point. Yes, they do have all the pieces. Um, Let's get down to this other bracket. I kind of yeah. The I, West West region. Last thing, the defending champions Villanova. Do we see any no. magic with that, or is no. it is just is it no. is, is it a screen like a smoke screen?
2: Jay Wright just got a big because he has good suits, so that's all right. If you get Villanova and Purdue in
0: that second round, how are you leaning? Yeah, that?
2: that. I mean I got Purdue in that. I
0: probably would too, but that I mean Purdue—they just proved it against Minnesota, man. They in the postseason, they are a different team, and not for the better. I mean, Villanova won the game, won the Big East. But isn't that kind of you know, because Marquette just kind of fell apart? Well, they
2: won the Big East on a uh, in a weak year for the Big East this year, and they barely beat Seton Hall. It was a week.
1: It was a hard year for the Big East. It was a very rough year. Yeah, I think we pointed was- out before uh, at one point that you had. Villanova at the top, and then the rest of the teams were within two games of each other. Yeah, it was I entirely. believe there was a
0: four-way tie for yeah. last place at 7-11. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. was a tough year it's for the like that. All right, moving on to the Midwest region, you have North Carolina, the Tar Heels as your one seed, Kentucky as your two. Other notable names out there, your three seed is Houston. Oh, look, your number 11 seed, the Ohio State Buckeyes, taking on Iowa State, a rematch of that magical shot by Aaron Kraft in UD Arena, might I add. Uh, anything that pops off the screen right away to either of you guys, whether it's Walford making a run this year. I see. I can't get behind that. Behind beating Kentucky, Walford's well, gonna beat Kentucky.
2: Fifty percent from the three. Ooh. I don't even. I'm not even sure they beat Seton Hall. They're Seton Hall looks good. Watch them get hot. B- watch them. They can pull that trigger.
1: I like. Uh, I like. They
2: got the four junior reds on that team.
0: I honestly I have Houston making it to the Sweet 16. So regardless of what I do in that 6-11 matchup, it's not really going to matter to me. I believe Ohio State has a better odds chance in this 6-11 matchup than they would have in any of these other ones on the list. I think that's fair to say. Uh we'll get in touch with one of the other 6-11s later on. Actually, you know what? I probably would have preferred Buffalo in the the West. So it's probably a little bit different. Oh, you want to get
2: smacked, smacked. <laughs> Buffalo looks awful <laughs> in the MAC tournament. Um, right? Oh, no, it's fine
1: because they know their competition.
2: Yeah, <laughs> come on Same West, with they're Gonzaga. They were losing guys. They're gonna get. They're getting a bit no matter what. They're either getting a bit. They're gonna steal a bit. So. You
1: know I. I know it's switching over to regions. No, I I like Buffalo.
2: Buffalo, yeah. Ohio State when they got
0: clapped. Texas Tech's gonna shut them down on defense. Give me that any day of the week. No All right, staying shot. in the Midwest. <laughs> I said this before the show. It's pretty much a collision course for Kentucky and North Carolina. Obviously, Bundy wants to be off the rails and go otherwise. What else are you seeing in this region? I know New Mexico State, every single year they get a 12 seed, and everybody wants to take them. And sure enough, they never get it done. Is this the year that we finally see the Aggies pull through? Nah, Bruce Pearl's got on lockdown. I agree. They're hot, but they got a really bad draw, which is weird. The SEC champion... And the Big Ten champion both got ro- royally screwed right now.
2: Yeah, watch out for KU coming out coming out there for Duke. That's for funny UNC. you say that
0: because if KU can make it to the Sweet Sixteen, I believe this is this is yeah this is taking place in Kansas City. So if they can get to the Sweet Sixteen, you're talking about pretty much a home court advantage at that point.
2: Against UNC, yeah, a tough game, tough matchup. But I don't think they'll make it there.
1: I agree. Who's I, I, them? I I take Auburn. Yeah, Auburn.
0: Get, what what are you so positive on, on Kansas for? Like, How many Kansas games have
1: you seen this year? And compare that to the amount of Auburn games. Can
0: you name someone year. outside the name of Dedrick
2: Law? Nope. And
1: there's your
0: answer. <laughs> okay. I mean,
2: right. th- this team isn't
0: sexy. There's not a whole lot watch, on paper. Watch,
2: watch the game, and then when I'm right, go ahead and give me a text and tell me I'm right. Okay. Well, you can, anybody can guess it. No, it's whether, I watch the games. I watch the tape. But you can't give me a reason of why you feel that way. Because in the tournament, they just got smacked in the Big 12. They're going to play with a little little bit more passion. They're going to do well in this tournament. I mean, what trends are
0: you taking with Kansas on? Because Kansas is notoriously, they're like, they can choke. I know. Or they can be under the radar and go, watch. Just watch. Okay. Even if your scenario, they make it to the Sweet 16, I just think Carolina's length and their guard play, Kobe White. I love that kid, his his little afro and everything. I love him so much. I believe North Carolina gets out of this bracket, and I don't really think it's all that difficult, unless if Kentucky wants to make it difficult for them. But watch out for Utah State. Got great length inside. Gave hell to all the teams out in the Mountain West. I believe they are a force to reckon with. This is one of those eight seeds that could give the one seed trouble. And my biggest upset is coming in the next bracket, I'll tell you about when we get there. But guys, is there anything else in this Midwest that kind of piques your interest?
2: No, I'm good. Yeah, pass. All right, so then we're moving on
0: to the West. You know your one seed is Gonzaga. Your two is Michigan. My favorite to make it to the Final Four, and I hate to say that with everything in me. Uh, You also have Nevada, like we talked about earlier. They're taking on Florida. That could be a tough matchup for them. Uh, We also talked about Buffalo. They have the play-in winner of Arizona State and St. John's. And my matchup to watch in the tournament, the first round, you have to watch it no matter what. Murray State versus Marquette. Marcus
2: Howard versus John Morant. That's a big-time matchup. That is going to be amazing. That's a big-time matchup. It It could be Marcus going for 51, Jay Morant going for 45. One of those back and forth games. One guy throws on throws on a three. One guy throws on a three. One guy throws on a dunk, dunk. It could be a magical game. Um, quite unfortunate for them for them, for them both because they're both great squads, and to have that matchup in the first round is tough. Um, it's basically a one on a one on one ball game with four of the people in the court just kind of standing there. That's the best way to describe it. It's a good way to put
0: it. The question is going to be who's going to get the most contributions from their other four, their their other four, and. At that point, I kind of got to give the advantage to Marquette then. Because I I just, Murray State's core isn't really doing it for me. They can shoot it, though. Uh, They did well. In that tournament, they did very well against Belmont, and they went shot for shot with them. Belmont's known for the three-point ball, and they went shot for shot. They can shoot the ball. I'll give them that. But this is one of those five twelves where I don't really feel confident in either one because I feel like on a good day, either team's going to win that. I'll be more comfortable taking Florida State and move them on to the the Sweet 16, and that's more of a safe play than Uh, what I feel confident in.
2: Florida State's going to lose to one of those teams. The Catamounts? Here's the thing, though.
0: You feel more safe with at least giving Florida State the edge than taking one of these guys in this, like, I don't know, this death game between John Morant (laughs) and Marcus Howard. I've got Florida State
2: losing in
0: that next round. That's a risk that... Some people love to take. I like to take the extra points early on if I can because that next game after that, I don't see that team winning and moving on. Yeah, you got Zaga right there. But here's my upset that I'm so tempted to take. I'm so tempted to go Syracuse the eight seed over Gonzaga and take it to the bank. They got
2: to beat Baylor first. Baylor doesn't impress me. Okay, what what about (laughs) Baylor impresses you? Washington Tournament? Yeah, I wasn't that impressed. Look, they look, pretty look good, pretty good ball club. It's a typical Scott Drew team. I mean, they'll be all right. They'll, it'll be a good game at eight nine matchup. I mean, I got, oh, I think I all, got Syracuse winning are. it. They always are, but, but I, just, I think I think Zach cannot shoot that zone of Syracuse. So, but we just saw in their last game when it's not on, it is not well, on. Oh yeah, when well, it's not on, it's not on. But I think Syracuse playing Farley Dixon to Prairie View first. That's a kind of a tune up game. Find your shots. Once you're playing Syracuse, you got shoot from anywhere. My only question is, is,
0: I know in the tournament it's not safe to go on the team that lives and dies by the deep ball, because I mean one cold night and they're done.
2: Hey, well sometimes you got to go like that. Sometimes. Now Zach can also play inside too. They can they can pass around. They got good ball movement. Hachimura, great. But what are you gonna get from Killing Tilly? Is he healthy enough to play? He'll play. But how effective? Uh, we'll see.
0: Well, of course, we're gonna see, but
2: put down twenty five though. I I think he has to. And he'll put down twenty five this season. He's trying to get drafted. In the, in the, he's trying to become lottery pick. Right now, he's not sure. I, him and
0: Norvell are rather crucial to the team.
2: But now you got now. Let's look at the bottom half of that bracket. You got Buffalo. Now I think it's gonna be Buffalo and Michigan over that Sweet Sixteen area. See, Everybody slept on Texas Tech last year. They had
0: not as good of a season, but as good. a uh, Pretty decent. They play defense, and they play defense, and it carries them, and it carried them all the way to the Elite Eight.
2: Yeah, now watch Buffalo. I'll shoot them. I don't see that happening. All right. Well, I, I'm I, telling you it's gonna happen, and then when it happens, you can <laughs> text me and tell me I'm right.
0: You're you're right. Mark that down. If Baylor, may, or, excuse me, Bu- Buffalo makes it to that second round and plays Texas Tech and shoots the lights out, I'll give you all the credit in the world. I just don't Appreciate see that it. happening. I'll be taking it. Uh, I just don't see it happening. I I think Texas Tech is the play there. But question is, can Nevada beat Michigan? Or
2: can Michigan beat Nevada? I think Michigan's running this bracket right here. Watch this, this... Nevada come out swinging. That's two, three seniors on that team. Four seniors on that team. I'm not
0: even sure Nevada's winning their own game. Florida has looked good recently. Oh my gosh. Here we go with this. Florida, never mind. <laughs> Did, is, are my <laughs> eyes lying to me? Like, I just saw them in the SEC tournament make a pretty decent run. Yeah, they, look, they look decent halfway it took, competent. It took an Auburn team shooting the lights out this whole tournament to knock them out.
2: I mean, they look, they look competent. I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. Have you watched Nevada play, though? Yes, and they've looked very underwhelming in games they've lost. That but San Diego the State up, game? But they show up for big games.
0: Uh,
1: eh, we'll see.
2: That's that's very hit or miss. Alright, keep thinking of it and I'll be right and you'll be wrong and it's okay. How far do you have Nevada going? That's fair. I guess, it, are Final you,
1: four. No, I don't know. <laughs> a champion.
2: No, I, got, I think I got Michigan beating them, but it's going to be a tough game. I, I'm not disagreeing with that, but you're making it sound like Nevada is going to be the next hey, team they, cutting if down if the Neva- nets. If Nevada beats Michigan, I wouldn't be surprised. You're right. I wouldn't be surprised either because I think Michigan's the best team in this bracket. If Nevada beats Michigan, I would not be surprised. I agree with you. No, that's totally fine. I agree. If they
0: beat Michigan, full on. If you're doing like that redo bracket in the Sweet 16 that everybody does, I would not have a problem putting Nevada through because I think they have the length, and the outside shooting ability to beat a Gonzaga if they met in that Elite Eight. Well,
2: that's all I'm trying to say.
0: No, that's fine. I totally agree with that. I just – sometimes it makes – seems like you're coming off as of saying this team is far superior. They're going through the bracket. <laughs> I'm right. If I'm right, you better text me and tell me I'm right. Well, if I'm right, you better text me and tell me I'm right.
1: Typical <laughs> Bundy.
0: Oh, man. When we come back, we'll dive into all the happenings in in the MLB. Frankie Lindor is back in action And the Yankees are in some trouble. Final segment of this show. Wow, plans have changed a lot with this episode. There's so much to talk about, but also so little time. that I think we tried to make it as compact as possible because as much as what went on last week, news almost became too old. Yeah, like it, it's funny to think about, but it almost it's now a week old for a lot of the top, topics we were going to talk about. And by the time you hear this podcast, it was going to be almost a week and a half. So it's like you got to work on the fly. But here's one we do know we can talk about right now. And it's MLB related, tribe related. There's rumors that Carlos Gonzalez, formerly of the Colorado Rockies outfielder, is on the move to the Indians on a minor league deal. Right now, it's all speculation because as we heard today, as of this recording at least, Tito Francona's kind of denied discussing it. So in my opinion, it kind of felt like he was more having to hold back maybe by by rules because it's pending physicals and whatnot. Right. But this is another addition to the outfield that surprisingly, it's crazy to think about. We've been harping on it for how many months now? And we're actually surprised it happened.
1: Well, my first thought was, too, is this was Cleveland Indians trying to stay relevant in their own town. Based off of everything that just happened with the Browns, I think. I mean, it's it's a, like you said, it's something that we've been looking for for a while now. So now with the fact that we're, what, two weeks away from opening day now?
0: boys, baseball actually real game start? Yeah,
2: two weeks away. Tuesday?
0: Well, no. It's about two weeks away. Okay. As of this recording, it's March 18th. It's a Monday. Games actually start on Wednesday, the 20th, in Japan. I did not realize that started this Yes, I believe it's the Athletics and the Mariners.
1: Ichiro's uh, final showing. Yes. Wow. Boys,
0: yeah. it's here. Like, Yes, it's a little funky because games are being played overseas, so they have to start now so they can get acclimated when they come back for the normal opening weekend, which is in... As of this recording, obviously it's about ten days away, is the actual opening day for the Indians, at least. Um, but boys, it's it's time for baseball. Like, this roster decisions need to be made now. And you were saying this before the segment, Zach. This is great, and as of now, it seems like every outlet's kind of that's covered this topic. It's uh, a non-roster invite, two million dollar base salary plus a million in incentives. So would be worth up to $3 million. This is a This is a position where if he makes a team, you're taking away from one of these young guys. Now, Daniel Johnson's already been sent down to the minor league camp, so he's kind of out of that discussion for now. But Oscar Boccato is still up there, and he's also producing. I mean, How would you feel if this signing, while it might be good for the Indians, also sends down that talented young player that's proven he's ready? It's crazy to think about, but he's proven he's ready.
1: I will be livid. To to me right now, just talking about strictly with the outfield, there are three guys that I think that deserve to be there no matter what. You got Leonis Martin, which I believe Tito already said that he will be the everyday out or everyday starting center fielder. Oh, he said every day? No, I ask him for clarification on that. I
0: don't I haven't heard him say everyday center fielder, okay. but I do know he's he's guaranteed him a spot, if that makes sense.
1: Okay, and then just based off of hitting alone, you have Oscar Mercado hitting 400 and Greg Allen is still batting 419 and he had a triple today. Yeah. So to me those are three outfielders, they are there. Now if you want to bring up Cargo and take place of someone else, sure, I, I that's fine. But those three guys if well we already know with uh Leonis. So if you take away Greg Allen or Mercado, I am going to be livid.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's weird how our tone's turned on that. Like, we didn't want the young guys to be playing right away. We wanted some experienced talent to come in here. And now they're starting to show that they can, not only are they performing in spring training, I know that gets overlooked a lot, but they're performing against guys that are going to be in a normal rotation for starters on the other team. Like, this is not some mirage. This is real right now.
1: Right, yeah. And like I said too at the beginning of spring training, I take more interest in what have you done for me lately in spring training because as you know, you start to lengthen your starters. You actually you see more of your everyday guys longer into games the further you get into spring training. So to me, the second half of spring training, I put more value on. And then, like I said, Greg Allen and Mercado, they've kept pace with everything. They haven't skipped a beat.
0: By the next time of our recording, we should know more clarification on how the roster's going to look. I believe deadline for cuts and whatnot should be done before the time we get back on the mics. Time to turn it over to Bundy to hear some news that came down the the past. There's two little bit nuggets that I want to talk to you about real quick. First off, it starts with the Yankees. Uh, Luis Severino is going to miss at least the first month with some complications. This directly affects you and your team. I, And honestly, it affects my hot take. I don't want to put the Yankees in first in that division anymore. It just his health scares me because they need him at his peak in order to be successful. And without him, that pitching staff, those starters, it's not pretty. Well, I told you.
2: I told you. And now your hot take was bad. And you're
0: also depending on now that number one guy slides up, James Paxton, who can never stay healthy.
2: I told you. You don't listen
0: to me. Hey. Like I said, it was a hot take with weeks to go until the season started. Sometimes you're wrong, though. Hey, that's fine. If I can say that before the season starts, I'm okay with it.
2: Well, Boston's gonna be back in business. Okay, but never honestly, is Boston never out of business. Yeah, never. Give me some analysis. What does this mean to you? Like, what? This is a big hurt. This is this. Hurts. Well, it hurts the Yankees. Yeah, tremendously because they can't. So Yankees have to outscore folks. Mm-hmm. So right now. If they don't have a bat, they can't pitch their way through games. They can't win that 1-0, that 2-0 kind of game, that 2-1 game. They have to score big early. Can they still play the short game where they get, like, five, six innings out of
0: their starter and turn it over to their pen? Or is their pen not what it used no, to be? No, their pen is
2: not where it used to be at all. But tenses. No, they have got they either go trade out and get some people. Because right now their pen is an average bullpen. And I saw uh, Chapman's
0: velo has been down this spring training. Yeah, I thought he was at 98.99. He <laughs> was still 93 the other day.
2: Well, he probably was mailing it in. I saw him at 98.99. I
0: hope for his case it is, but because if not, that's a huge issue. Just on top of it, for the Yankees. And then Sal, your last topic here, uh, your guy, you love him, as does everybody else. Yes, he's he was always going to be sent down for the first couple of weeks for service time reasons, but Vladdy Jr., you know, he's, he's got another injury issue coming up. So it gave the Blue Jays some excuse to yeah, send him down. Yeah. But it was funny to listen to beforehand. They said, what? He's 19. He's not ready for the majors yet. We got to keep him down.
2: Like they were hey, obviously. Acuna uh, was 19 last year and hit lights out.
0: No, I, I trust me. I am fully on your side. I just want to make fun of these GMs and front office people that want to make it sound like they still need minor league play. Just, obviously, just say you're doing it for service time. You're manipulating the system. Just say it.
2: He's good to go. He can ball. But he
0: has an injury issue. He has, he's, I think he's out the first two to three weeks. With what? Naturally. Uh, something with his hip, I believe, oh, I saw.
2: Just, just their luck. I saw the big man moving, too. He got he got a little motor to him, hey, too. He's carrying a wagon, too, if we're talking. It's all right. Yeah, I saw him, <laughs> I saw him get the line. He had a good 90. Yeah, I bet about a 5190. That was not, wasn't bad. <laughs> Now, let's give some love out to one of our players, one of my former – one of my buddies for the Royals. Won the uh, hitter of the year last year in the organization, Nicky Lopez. They are a shortstop, but should be coming up hopefully this year. Play with the big boys. Um, great. A lot of tools. Good, bad. Probably hit either two-hole or a seven-eight hole. Uh, lay down on the bunt. Uh, not a strikeout kind of guy, so hit a lot of balls, hit a lot of balls and play. Make you feel it. Get some errors. Um – Great defender, though. Great glove at, at shortstop. Good arm. One to watch, boys. One to watch. And last but not least,
0: Lindor is finally getting back to some simulated playing in the minor league game system right now. Uh, sounds like he's raking down there, so, so that's good to see. He's jogging, which is encouraging. Haven't heard a whole lot about his fielding so far and how much he can do in terms of range of motion. But all in all, this seems pretty positive. And this window that we thought if he might be back by opening day kind of isn't a stretch right now by how he's working out.
1: Right, yeah. because I think I saw his first game back, he went 0 for 2 or 0 for 4 against uh, AAA guys and then I believe in his next game he had a double and a home run though, so i back to normal. I mean, it's fine when you're when it's your first time seeing live pitching in a game like that, obviously it It'll take you a few at bats to get back into the swing of things, but yeah, no, I'm I'm optimistic about it.
0: One thing I also noticed, maybe it just kind of tips the hand of the Indians, but they also sent down Yu Chang since we last talked to the minor league camp, so that could also be a a signal that they are confident that he could be back in time, or if not, just maybe miss a series that series in Minnesota.
1: Right. Yeah, and Yu Chang did well. Like he's hitting. He hit 300 in spring training for the Indians so far with only 20 at bat so it's not a not the largest sample size but I mean he did he was serviceable so that gives me some faith going forward or say this injury lingers a little bit for Lindor then I'm also fine with bringing up Yu Chang and having him fill in so a quick little
0: show tonight get you a little information on the NCAA tournament some MLB stuff tribe stuff and the OBJ trade so much to talk about in such little time but we will be back next week for episode nine if for- I can talk if I can talk. If
2: he can talk. rook on Monday. Yes. Rook on Monday, scary stuff. For <laughs> you, you, you good?
1: Uh, No. T's and peas, Bundy. T's and peas.
2: Let's wrap this
0: thing up. Come on. <laughs> Take us home. For Bundy, Zach, I'm CB. We will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening, and roll tribe. And no go brands. OBJ. Uh,
2: how about them Saints? <laughs>